Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Angie, Estimate Rocket, and Paint Supply. Welcome to Paint Ed. My name is Torlando. I am your host. Ladies and gentlemen, I am really excited to be on this episode today. Uh, we get to talk a little bit of technology, a little bit of sales. Oh man, I'm pumped. I'm super pumped because you guys know, you guys know I've got a little bit of tech background. You guys know that I've been in the industry for a long time. And I feel like as an industry, we have been thirsting for advancements in the field. I mean, if you think about it, the 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 symbol of our industry the 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 pride and joy of our hearts is the paintbrush which is a tool that has been around since the dawn of man it is old school we are so old school and it kills me sometimes and so i just i i love pushing the boundaries i love experimenting with new things i love experimenting with new processes and in 2024 the question that i have for you is how are you going to push the boundaries in your business how are you going to take things to the next level because here's the deal as the world changes as it becomes more instant as ai infiltrates every part of our lives our consumer expectations are going to change and the old ways of driving all around town trying to get in front of the person given a bid after two weeks you know two weeks goes by and you still haven't sent the bid out because you haven't converted your chicken scratches on a yellow notepad into a word doc that is done man you can't do that in 2024 it's got to change and and i am so excited to bring on john jacob today from hoist to talk about pushing the boundaries in sales and in particular how to create a remote sales strategy before we jump into the show of course uh you can listen to this on spotify apple podcast uh soundcloud wherever you're getting your podcast but also i implore you Download our app, PCA Overdrive, where you get 600 hours or more. It's probably more than that by this time of video content, business education, training, conversations from leading painters and experts in our industry, uh, all in video. PCA Overdrive, go to PCAPaintEd.org to download that or find it in the App Store um, and become a member of the PCA. Of course, it's included with your PCA membership. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, oh, producers are going to have to cut that. I, uh, seriously, producers, cut that. Shoot. <laughs> All right. So, a couple things on my end that I want to talk about. Um, for one, I'm going to be at Expo, so I want to see you there. Um, I am also this year announcing um, a collective. I am starting a collective, the Craftsman Painter collective where we are helping people 
painters, true artists and craftsmen, the highest level to accelerate and build their business and have a brand to join the craftsman painter brand. I'm making it available to people. We're going to give you tons of support, tons of video content, exclusive, not just, not just a podcast, but exclusive content, workbooks, playbooks, Google suite, all kinds of stuff. Go to craftsmanpainter.com backslash collective to join the revolution. All right. So very excited to, to have John Jacob on here. Um, brand new, brand new company, startup tech company, um, in the estimating sales space. Here is the problem that I think is just so hard. A couple years ago, this is probably about 2016. So, okay. A couple years ago, this is like seven years ago. It was a while ago. Uh, I had an intern in my company, an MBA intern come in and do some deep analysis on what was, you know, happening in my, uh, in my business. And as I was, I was the, I was the primary salesperson at that time. I hadn't yet, uh, hired a salesperson. So I was still doing all the sales. And what we realized is that over the course of the previous year that I spent two whole months, eight hours a day on bids that did not close. Two whole months of the year were spent wasting my freaking time. Okay. Uh, that was the data of, a, of, at the time, a very small company. I can't imagine for folks that are doing 1 million, 1.5, 2 million, 4 million, 5 million, how much time your people are wasting on tire kickers, small jobs, uh, jobs where customers, opportunities where they have gone to a lead source that gives them five options and they are going to choose the cheapest one. You're just one of five. I, I can't imagine how much time you are wasting doing that. And so this idea of remote bidding, virtual sales, I th- there's an opportunity there. And, and I've been experimenting for the last handful of years on virtual estimates, basically since the pandemic, like a lot of us have been. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting the hang of it, all right? I, look, I'm gonna gloat a little bit. Just yesterday, I closed a $32,000 paint job remotely. I'm not even in the state. It's possible. People are doing it. And so I want to talk about this. I I want you guys to have this information. So I'm going to bring on John Jacob from Hoist, and we're going to get into it. Without further ado, let's bring on John Jacob with Hoist. Hey, what's up? Hey. My man, how you doing? Doing great. So happy to be here. Yeah. So, so John, uh, give us, give us just a quick, a a little bit of background about, um, yourself and how you came kind of into this painting space. Cause you're, you're in the tech world, but you've, you've found this painting space. So you never grow up thinking about the painting space, but then you happen to like, we all just happen into it. Right. What's, what's your story? What brought you to our, to our industry? Yeah, actually, so it starts my, with my grandfather in 1964, started a pest control business. He was a firefighter, started a pest control business on the side. 
My dad ran it for years. And of course, like family business, I end up working with my dad every summer. So I was in pest control and home services, but I never thought I would get into the family business. I was always the nerdy kid in his room doing design work and tech and mm -hmm. always thought I would work with computers and do something there. But around 2013, my brother called me up and he's like, hey man, I've been running dad's business. I want you to come work with me. You've got all the computer stuff going on and I've got the field dialed in, but we have no marketing. We have no systems in place. Like, let's do this thing together. Let's grow the family business. Yeah. And so I moved out of tech and went into the family business. And it was such an incredible transformative experience working mm. with my brother, working in the home service business, but seeing what good systems and good tech can do when you have such strong demand in home services, right. it was incredible. In about two years, we basically doubled the business. We took it from six routes in the LA area up to 10 routes in the LA area, huge, massive growth, landed some big clients with Westfield malls and more, just getting some sales processes in place. And that experience, right, really seeing that and ultimately, we actually sold the family business, got my parents a great retirement, this generational oh, business, nice. grew it exponentially and sold it. And it was really transformative for me to realize how much opportunity there is in home services. And it's a pretty long road to get to where Hoist became, right? Finding venture capital, starting a tech company, think of the opportunity in home services. But for the last four years, I've been exclu exclusively working with just painters. So mm. we've done a bunch of different things in the painting space, but we really landed on this specific niche around the huge opportunity that we see in what remote sales can be for painters. So I'm new-ish to the painting industry about four years in, but um, trying to earn my way into it for sure. Sure, sure. <laughs> So, so remote sales is, is kind of interesting. I think for, for some of us, it's a little nerve wracking, um, not being able to see exactly what's going on in the, in the project, not knowing what you're going to get yourself into. There's that's, that's a little scary. Um, wondering, you know, is the customer base, like, is the market actually ready for it? These are some of the things that are on my mind, but before we kind of talk about those things, I'm wondering why is it why is it ultimately necessary like i mentioned a little bit of the time saving but why why is the new school why is this the new school yeah yeah that's interesting why is this the new school cuz there's a few companies that i know of just this year that just started up specifically focused on remote sales in painting they've mm -hmm. already done 500k this year in their first year because they're focused on that niche of remote but it's definitely like it's the newer younger one i think it's just the overall trend it's kind of this inevitability it's like since Amazon hit its stride, for better or for worse, homeowners' expectations are different. Things we never imagined buying online are buying online. Car insurance, that was like insane when it came around, but Geico is the right. norm now. Mattresses, 70% right. of mattresses were sold online last year. 70%. Right. Right. And wow. like that's another thing when it first came around, it's like, who's going to do that? I heard the podcast right. says, who's going to buy a mattress without laying on it? It's already here, right? Roofing, solar, we see that kind of remote sales happening. So I think it's a groundswell that's happening. So as new entrants come in with a fresh perspective, thinking about a sales process and system, it's natural that this be a part of that system. Not necessarily core, but it's natural to have some element of remote sales in that system, whether it's just better qualification mm -hmm. or smarter ways in producing bids that are gonna be consistent with quick turnaround, not a bunch of data entry with chicken scratch, you know, right, trying to do right. that in a good job. So, you know, I couldn't speak to exactly the individual motivations of every painter, but I think when you're coming at this from first principles, there's people who want their house painted, they're 45 minutes away. Does it make sense to drive there? Remote sales becomes a natural part of it just in the technology climate we're in. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was, I was talking to uh, one of my professors at uh, Kelly and he, I was telling him about, you know, our efforts in, in remote sales and, um, and he was, 
he, he, he identified it as a major advantage, especially for somebody like himself, because he started talking about his own experience. And when he moved to, to Indiana and, you know, trying to find a, a paint contractor and how impossible it felt and how busy he was and how much he had going on. And, and if he could just, you know, snap a few pictures, take a couple videos and, and send it off and get it, uh, get a price. He, he felt like that would be, you know, very, very uh, convenient. Um, but at the same time, when I started talking to him a little bit more, I was like, well, you know, the, I, I agree, especially for smaller uh, jobs. But what if it's a big like what if it's huge? You know, yeah. like like how much work can we expect the customer to take on? Like the, what we're essentially doing here is we're transferring what used to be our responsibility of data uh, extraction from the house. And now we're maybe asking the, the customer to do it in, instead. Um, that That's how it would have to be, right? I mean, without the, some, you know, super secret uh, uh, technology that, that somebody might have. But if, if, <laughs> if we're just, you know, talking about the tools that we have today, um, you know, what is that line between we're taking on the work versus we're giving the customer the work. Yeah, I think that's such a cool way to frame it because ultimately we're in a service industry. We need to service our customers and to differentiate out there, you have to provide that great service, right? Whether it's the booties on the door when you come in for the estimate mm -hmm. or whatever it is, you got to think about that. And I think it's important that you don't push too much onto the homeowners, especially at the first entry. It's like, you want to work with me? I need you to record a 20 minute video, walk around your house, describing measure all your rooms. It's like, come on, they're yeah. just doing their own estimate at that point. They're, right. they're your own salesperson. Yeah. So I think you have to be careful when thinking about remote sales, what you do there. And I think at its heart, the simplest way I could say, like the thing about remote sales is just a deeper qualification and rapport building before you actually get on site. I think that's right. a, the place to start. If you think about remote sales, it's just like, Make sure that if you're really going to take the time that you're a fit both ways. I, I talk right. with so many painters. It's like, hey, a lead comes in. They just instantly go into scheduling mode. I'm going to get them on the calendar. going to get in person because right. they're not wrong. It's likely the best way they're going to get to close if they just get in front of them. It's not wrong, right? For most right. painters, especially if they don't have a strong sales process and sales system, it makes sense to move that default. You're busy. You're between crews. You're running materials. And it's like, okay, I can't think about this lead right now. I just know that I'll have it 30 minutes with them tomorrow and I can think about it then. I can right. ask their needs and get into it then. Right. I mean, at best, maybe they're scratching down a few details in a notebook on their phone while they're driving from one job to another. It's like, it's yeah. really hard to get good qualification information on people up front. And, but I think at its heart, starting there is a really important place to start is let's get better qualification up front for both parties and start building that rapport and information both ways. But yeah. I think it's important if you think about remote sales that you're not pushing all the work onto your homeowner. I love the way you put that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, it's, it is a, it is a tug of war, you know, and, and depending on when the person calls, it can be tricky. You know, I was, a lot of times I get calls when I'm on the road, you know, I'm driving yeah. and not only can I not like ask them qualification questions. Like I could, I can't even get their address or phone number because, well, I guess they called, so I have their phone number, but yeah, I can't number. get their, I can't get their email or address because I'm driving. I have to pull over. And, and sometimes it's just, I, you know, even look, I speak into a microphone on a, on a weekly basis. And even I on the phone, I'm like that, but the, like, like if it catches me off guard, I'm not like in the mode of, of, yeah. uh, of intake, it can be kind of difficult. So, so I guess what I'm, I guess where I want to begin is like, how do we, how do we integrate if this, 
well, if there's an opportunity here, how do we integrate it into our existing sales process? Or do we just have to slash and burn and start over? Hmm. I think that's a good question. I don't think you should slash and burn and start over at all. Yeah. But I think you should start with making sure you have a clear sales process. Like that's the place to start. Before you, you can't just tack on a remote sales tool or process or system and think it's going to fix your sales process, right? Right. If you don't have a documented process, if you don't have a good checkpoints and a life cycle that you're running, it, it's a non-starter to try to add this on top. So I think it's important to think about this holistically. I also think though, remote sales can be a really good starting point to just add on for some jobs. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm gonna run any job that I just know is gonna be smaller through this process first to just make sure that it's worth my time before booking. Probably don't need right. to see it. I'm just doing kitchen repaint. Don't need to see it in person. Um, not worth my time if I add all the sales effort on top of it. But if I can throw them a bid and win that job with a good margin, maybe it's worth my time to do smaller jobs with remote sales. Sure. And if, also if you think about a better qualification process, which is what I would recommend, which is, Everybody kind of goes through the same entry point and same process in your overall sales process and a better qualification that includes the ability to build a proposal as part of that is part of just better qualification. You better understand mm -hmm. their job. You know that they know your needs and what that looks like, right? So I think that's really important to like think about how that comes in. So I don't think you have to start it over, but I do think you need a good sales process that includes some good qualification. So, so you've got some early adopters um, at, at your company that are building in more remote-based processes. What, what does, what does the typical sales process or life cycle look like when, when remote is, uh, is kind of woven in? Yeah. So I think the easiest thing to adopt is this idea of a standardized entry point into your company. So you describe like you're going from one job to another. They call up. You want to get that lead. You don't want to lose that opportunity. But you're also not in a good place to gather their needs understand their job scope or even schedule. Like you're driving down the road. It's difficult to do that kind of a thing, right? Right. And so one thing you can do is like, hey, you know what? When we hang up, I'll text you a link. It takes you a minute to fill out. If you fill that out, that's the best way to get kicked off with a job with me, right? So I've met a lot of painters who use a form like that to standardize their inbound. They get really high fill out. Most people fill out that form. And if they don't, True. they probably weren't that serious, right? It's likely you could still follow up with them. You haven't lost that lead at all. But yeah. the people you do, you've got their email spelled right. That, that skater boy 85 BOI. It's like trying to get that down right. And even just having clarity on their job scope and that kind of structured information is super mm -hmm. helpful to have a standardized process to ingest all your leads. Then yeah. you can actually have them in. You're not trying to copy your chicken scratch into a CRM sometimes that you half use. It's right. Like, well, let's, so, that's, so there's just one basic way. Another basic way to start introducing remote sales is just start assessing your properties the night before you do in-home estimates. Pull it up on Zillow. Pull it sure. up on Google Street View. Get a feel for it. Have a ballpark price in your head. That way you're not trying to quote from scratch when you show up. I've met a lot of painters who oftentimes before their scheduled in-home estimate, They'll pull up Paint Scout, they'll pull up Zillow, and they'll realize like, oh, I've got the bid 90% done. Now I can right. walk in, provide it on the spot without having to worry about building that bid. And they're doing that pre-work ahead of time. But sometimes they get into it and they're like, I don't need anything else. I'm good to just send this bid off. It's like, hey, I don't think we need to meet tomorrow. Here's a price, right? We've right, already had a couple right. conversations on the phone. So I think it's about like introducing the right tools, whether on the qualification side or on the big building side, that can make a big difference in your time spent. And also it impresses customers. Homeowners love this stuff. They love yeah. this process. They don't have right. to put away the dog and think about the kids at school and the timing and waiting for you. How many negative reviews 
do company C just because of a missed estimate appointment or a late estimate appointment. It's like, right, right. we didn't even work together. And you give me a one-star review because I was 30 minutes late on the estimate. Like, come on, right? right so there's a right. lot of pain here that this helps alleviate and solve, not to mention the gas and the windshield time, right? You said you spent two months, two months yeah. driving on bids that didn't close. Yeah. That's, we gotta Two help. Months, eight we gotta hour help days. alleviate that. We gotta start <laughs> chipping away at that. And I'm by no means saying for every job you always provide a bid remotely. That's crazy, right? That's just right. not reasonable, right? Yeah, I you know I kind of feel like um, you know people need options because because again I've I've done some research into this. I've done a lot of experimentation. I'm I'm doing it, um, but I also understand that there are individual preferences. And I looked I looked some of this up. Um, uh, I looked up uh, some data. In-person meetings have an average close rate of 40%. I'd be curious what um, if you have any information about remote um, uh, sales on, on average. It, this uh, data point says 75% of customers either require or prefer in-person meetings. So that's that's 75%. It's not all of it. And, you know, I, I got this data somewhere seems legit. Okay. So, so maybe, maybe you have some counter, uh, intelligence there. Um, but it, it seems like for the consumer, there's this balance between trust and convenience. Yeah. Because, because certainly it's convenient to be able to snap a few pictures, to be able to have a, you know, maybe a phone call, but maybe it's just all asynchronous. You know, maybe it's just through text message. You know, I, I get a lot of these where we're we're just texting and yep. they're sending me pictures or video. We're finding that more and more. Yeah, and and it's it's uh, you know people are certainly comfortable with text message. They know how to do it. It's intuitive. They know how to take pictures with their phones. Um, and you're right. Like I can I can get pretty close, and if I'm a little bit generous with my bid, I'm not so worried about you know, how off I am with the price tag, but that's the convenience factor. What about the people who are suspicious? What if about the people who need to know more about who's going to be yeah. in the house? Um, you know, I, I would almost, I would almost think that an introverted person who is, is somewhat anxious would be more resolute about having somebody come to their house than, not because they need to be sure that uh, they're not inviting lunatics in the house, right? Sure. Yeah, I could see so, that. So how do we find that? What's the balance? Like, do how do we get the customer? How do we figure out what is going to be best for the customer? Yeah, I mean, the way that we do things, we think about it is you give the customer the option and then if they don't engage, you can just move forward with an in-person estimate. It's that easy, sure. right? Like, right. here's the form I use to build prices. Like, if they don't engage with it, okay, great give them a ring and let's get scheduled for an in-person. So it's not that you're losing anything out on here, right? You just don't have the same gains you would as the otherwise, right? We found in many markets, only 10% of homeowners explicitly say, I don't want to price remotely. I want to do an in-person. I'm not interested in you pricing it remotely. Only 10%. Mm. That's what we've found. Okay. Now, these people, though, they know that they're going to meet them when they get the down payment or further down the line. They're going to meet in person. And we are doing, mo in most of those cases, there's a phone conversation happening at some point, not yeah. just text messages. But right. we've also seen plenty of jobs close, good jobs just over text messages back and forth and using right. processes like we've recommended. So it definitely right. happens. Right. But I think it's important to remember, like, just because that one customer, and it depends on your market, right? You'll see a very different response in LA, right? Than you're going to see in other places. Um, 
it depends on your market, but you're not losing those leads. You just don't have the same efficiency gains of being able to do that same qualification ahead of time. So that's up to you, right? Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, and, and that's kind of what I've found that I need to do, you know, just from the, from the standpoint of the form, or if it's a text message or something, I'm always giving them that option. So on our form, there's a, you know, would you like an in-home estimate or a virtual quote? Hmm, yeah. And, you know, and on our end, I would say that we're skewing more towards in-home still, but that could just be my demographic. We, we do, when we do get um, the, the virtual requests, um, a lot of times it's, it's somebody who is just a little bit younger, more tech savvy. Um, it's also, we get a lot of people who are moving and maybe they don't quite have possession of the house or, yep. you know, okay. there's some reason why getting into the house is, is kind of difficult. But, but I've found that if I ask, um, then it's then and give them that option, like you said, it's it's really easy to to just kind of give the customer what they need. And yep. and one thing that I consistently have said throughout the years about technology is that we don't want to implement technology for the sake of technology. We want to always be thinking in terms of how do we best serve the customer. The the best companies in the world are always consumer centric. And so if we lose touch of that just because something's cool or, or flashy, then, you know, then, it, then it's just not going to work out for us. So, so I'm, in, I'm, I'm curious because your numbers indicate that a lot of people would be uh, very interested in, in the virtual quote or the remote quote. Mine are, are suggesting maybe they require some type of in-person. I wonder if, if the difference here is in the way that the life cycle of the sale is presented. Right. I was going to say that like we actually default to remote. Like that's the way that we're moving forward. And then it's only when people explicitly say like, oh, I don't want to do this. But even if I people see. are reluctant, like I have one painter, this Jack from North Carolina, right? He's been doing remote sales only about two months. That's it. Mm -hmm. For him, which is crazy to see, his close rate has doubled. His margins are better on these jobs. He's spending an average of 30 minutes per bid versus two hours that he was spending before. Mm -hmm. And the feedback from customers has been super positive, even in North mm -hmm. Carolina little bit of a rural mm. area. Older sure. people are like, oh, I wasn't sure about this, but like, wow, like this was so clear. I know you know what I need. The bid was done right. Like it's just really a good way to meet your customers. But I think that is part of why I'm saying it's important that we're not just looking at technology for technology's sake. We think about the sales process larger. Mm -hmm. And I do think the way that you position this was like, hey, this is my process if we want to work together you then can see that you'll probably have a higher opt out rate wanting to do in person, right? I think it's a little yeah, bit different, not understanding or seeing the process, given the choice, they might go with what's familiar. Right. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. So that I might think... be the case, but I'm not sure. And this yeah. is one owner. I also have another owner. I do want to call out because it's not all perfect, right? We have another mm -hmm. owner who's out in Colorado who saw about a 6% dip on his close rate. That's a mm. huge dip mm -hmm. on his bottom line. Right. But at the same time, the time savings, it was so massive. Right. And on top of that, his margins improved on his work. Mm -hmm. He was selling at higher rates for all of his jobs. And the other one that's really interesting is his qualification weight rate went through the roof. So the amount yeah. of leads that he was working, people getting back to him, because you're not, you know, in the sea of people trying to schedule an in-home estimate, you're saying, hey, give me a few minutes on the phone. I'll get you a price. Right. right. It's not like, hey, call me back so we can schedule a time to meet up or you have to take off work and deal with me in your house. It's like, hey, hit me back and I'll get you a price. It's a very right. different carrot for that homeowner. And you right. see much better qualification across the board. So we've seen on the whole, even owners whose sales rates diminish on the whole, it's a huge positive impact on their business. Obviously, you have yeah. 
potentially increase marketing spend, right? There's, it's a give and take between these things sure. depends on how much you're doing. But I think part of it, the guy in North Carolina, I think part of it was that he didn't have necessarily that strong of a sales sales process. And this mm -hmm. gave him a clear sales process. And I think the lift and close rate was mostly just because now there's a clear sales process. Now there's a process, right? right? Right. So it's not necessarily that it's remote, although that is a huge efficiency gain. Right, right. And and I also think that um, for most home services, especially the way that they've been traditionally executed, that they're, they're putting um, the price at the wrong stage of the sales cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and for a long time, I've really, I, I've, I've talked about like the Amazon effect for, for many, many years. And it's, and it's the, the idea of the Amazon effect is that it's not enough to compete with the people in your sector because buying habits aren't changing according to how other people are buying painting services. Buying habits are changing according to how people are doing, um, most of their shopping. And so if Amazon is telling the world, we need to shift online, we need to be able to see the price first and then make a choice. Um, we need to do our research on it first and then make a choice that impacts our industry. And so really, I believe that the price is not at the tail end, which is where most painters put it. They put it at the tail end of their sales cycle. You go, you take your measurements, you say, I'll, I'll get back to you with a price. You, you get back to them in a few days. And then you and then you hope that they sign it, right? It's really much further in the at the start of the process where they're gathering information as to whether this is a project that they have the budget for. Is yeah. it a this year project or a next year project? But there's not enough information online for them to do that research on their own. And so the only way for them to get that research is to call and schedule an estimate. That's that's right. how we've gated that that information, but. The consumer doesn't really, that's not how they've been conditioned to work these days. So, so the idea here, I think, is that we're trying to push the, um, we're trying to push the, the, the reveal of the price much yep. further along, like much earlier in the buying process. And then the sales work starts. I have my figures. I have my research. Now it comes down to, is this the company that I want to move forward? Absolutely. With? And there's opportunity within that to grow the project or just make sure the project's a fit for them, right? As you gain right. more understanding and refining that project both ways. But what we found, I couldn't agree more, very well said, pushing that price earlier in that sales process, it's huge in building trust, huge in building trust. And what's interesting is that a lot of the rapport you lose, because there's an X factor being in person, you comment on mm -hmm. the dog, see the pictures on the wall. There's so much opportunity to connect with somebody and build and sell off relationship, which are important aspects. A lot of that rapport you lose, you actually gain with the reality that you're just getting them a price and you're serving them where they are. You gain a lot of trust as a company really quickly. Because right. one of the big things the homeowners like, they just want to know, like, is this a ballpark? How much should this cost? Why should it cost? They they don't know, right? And so right. serving them where they are and helping them, it's like, hey, here's the starting point. Like, let's talk about this project, right? It does so much to get that price and get them trust. It's incredible. Putting a price early in the process just builds trust like you wouldn't believe. So I right. totally agree with that. Yeah. Right. Right. And I, and I think it also, you know, it, it is a qualifier. So it tells us, um, is this a project that we want to take on? Is it one that we have the capacity for? It's also, you know, again, for the homeowner, um, is this a, is this in the range? Like, do we have the cash in the bank to, to be able to fund this or yeah. do we need to wait until next year? Um, but I get a sense that, 
you know, having a strong sales process and the, the idea of reducing the amount of windshield time, reducing the amount of time spending in the home, it does come down to qualifying better. Yes. And, and so, uh, you know, what, I guess I'll give a a little bit of a, a, a taste of what I do in this, in this sense is I'm, I'm asking them in kind of a nonchalant way, are you guys looking for a ballpark price or are you ready to, to move forward with an in-person quote? And, and the way that they answer that gives me a lot of information. I mean, even that question, because if they're looking for a ballpark, it means that they have no idea how much this costs. Mm-hmm. It means that they, they don't know if they're ready. Like they, they, they might've saw, seen an ad and, and got a little inspired and they're like, Hey, I wonder how much it is. And if it's too much, then, then, then they're not going to move forward with it no matter, you know, how much you try it. Cause they're not moving forward with anybody. Yeah. Um, whereas if they're interviewing painters, they're getting in-person quotes, then, then I might want to put, maybe I do want to be a little bit more competitive and maybe I do want to have that chance to be there. Um, but, but I'm, I'm curious what, what you have, have tested and seen. I mean, you've been in home service for a while. You've got uh, plenty of clients in the, in the home service space. What are the things that we need to be looking out for and trying to pull out when we're qualifying? Yeah. So I think I really advocate for better structured information around your qualifying questions. And so by the time you're done qualifying, you've got an ideal of a price, whether or not you want to share that with a homeowner. That only empowers you more to understand where do I kind of prioritize this in terms of the open leads I've got? How do I prioritize this in terms of my time investment on the ROI on this project? So I'd really push you to think about your qualification questions, not just the basic ones like you said of, you know, what stage are you in? Are you looking for a ballpark? You're looking for real price. What's your urgency? What are your goals? Right. There's those ones. But like, Mm -hmm. okay, let's understand. And I alluded to, right. Pull up the house on Zillow. What's the square footage? What neighborhood are you in? What's the year it's built? Right. You're going to have to deal Mm -hmm. with plaster. You're going to have to deal with lead. What, What are you dealing with here? And you know that stuff and get ahead. And when you can tell your customer, hey, I see you live here. Right. I pulled up your address. Looks like it's 3,200 square feet. Are you looking to hold the whole thing? Oh, yeah, I see that you've got 10-foot ceilings. It's a little bit more for us. That kind of a, look, they're like, wow, this guy's really ahead of it and understanding. And you can ask really intelligent questions based on the specifics of their home. And then by the time you hang up, you have enough information that you understand that ballpark. And building your bid is going to be so much easier and faster by the time you show up, right? right? And so specifically around qualification, it's, asking information that's useful that you don't have to ask again. That's the other thing that I see so many painters do. They'll ask so many of those questions up front. They show up, they don't remember any of it. They don't know where their note was. They don't remember what they asked and they're asking all the same questions again. I've experienced that as a homeowner so many times and it's frustrating. It's like, I told your office all this stuff. Like, why are we doing all of this again? So I think asking the right qualifications such that you know if they're your ideal client, and you know where they're going to fall in terms of pricing, and you have enough information to really start building your bid so you can provide it on site when you're there, right? right. Obviously, I'm also an advocate. If you've got enough information, just throw them the bid. <laughs> There's no reason to yeah. do the in-home. By the time you hang up, you can be like, you know what? I've got enough information. I can shoot you a ballpark right now. Would you be interested in seeing that? And you're just building right. that trust, and you're just so on the ball. Um, but again, I think it's important to think about the sales system and that process, and that you're running that process, and you think about how do your qualification questions connect to the estimate that you're trying to provide, that bid you're trying to provide, right? Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I recall just the other day, I, I had a, a bid where uh, I did exactly that. I, I went to Zillow and and uh, uh, pulled up the pictures of their house. I put together, um, uh, I put together the bid um, 
I actually did that even before they called me. I, I went on Zillow and looked at sold it's houses. Yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, I left a card on their door. They weren't there. And they gave me a call and I came out. And when when we went in, I sat down and and uh, had all of the walls. You know, I had price tag for for all the walls throughout the house. And um, they wanted a little bit more work than than what I had initially bid. But so I went back and and did it. And and uh, and we had a we had a Google Meet call where I went through the rest of it. And um, you know, I I I, I tell you, I I gave them a really hard decision to make. Uh, ultimately, they didn't choose me. They didn't choose our company. Um, they are, we had, we were going to put a smaller crew on it and, uh, the other company was going to put a bigger one mm. on it, get the job done faster yeah, and, fair enough. you know, so, so we lost the bid, but, but I made it really difficult for, I made it, I made it a really difficult choice. You know, they, they really wanted to go with me, but at the end of the day, they just needed to get in before Christmas. And, uh, and so, you know, you, you don't win them all, but I do remember feeling like going into that house. I felt really confident yeah. about what I was looking at. You know, like right. I had seen, uh, you know, I'd seen enough on the pictures. And then when I went in to to meet them in person, um, I felt pretty confident that that my numbers were accurate. So yeah. so I do believe that it's possible. And and we've been we've been doing this where we're we're looking at the the pictures on Zillow, the listing on Zillow, putting together a price tag and delivering it. So, so this is, uh, this is right up, you know, I'm, I'm in support of this. I'm, I'm in line with this. Um, my, my next question here is, is how do you go about building these estimates? Cause there's a lot of different ways, you know, for us, I've, I mean, I have different ways. I mean, I, I even have multiple softwares that I use for hmm. bits because sometimes I can't make up my mind and, and sometimes there are certain reasons why one might be sure. a better option. So, um, like how, uh, how do we create, if we're going to do a remote bid, how do you recommend putting together that price tag? Because like I said, for a lot of people, they're just so nervous because they don't, they can't fully see what's there. How, what information am I using? Like, is it just Zillow pictures or what sure. else do I have to build this bid? Yeah. Well, I think it's important to think about what is the, what is your sales process? How does this fit into it? What is your comfort level with all of this? And I think the other question is, what are you trying to accomplish? Are you trying to come up with a remote close? Because there's elements of remote sales that we've been talking about that drive your in-person sales and make your in-person sales more efficient. Make sure you're not driving to a bid that's never going to close. Make mm -hmm. sure you're walking into that bid totally prepared because you've done some sales work ahead of time remotely, right? You're right. totally ready to produce that bid. Um, but specifically, tactically, like how do you produce a bid remotely, right? What are the tools out there? So of course, Zillow, Redfin, if you're doing exterior jobs, there's products like Eagle View, which are pretty incredible, especially for complex jobs that have laser measurement of almost any house in the country. If you haven't checked that out, it's pretty interesting. If you do mm. a lot of exterior work, it's very fascinating. It gives you the surface area down to the square inch of any comb in America. It's a little overkill, oh, I think, for most painters. Yeah, sure. But for large, complex jobs, commercial work, it's really interesting to see tools like that. So there's more and more data companies growing that help you do that. Yeah. But I think the other piece is, you know, I, to give a specific recommendation, I'd want to better understand, does that painter measure every room and every home they go on? Because that means that they're going to have a very low tolerance for any margin of error when they're thinking about remote measurements. Right. Most painters I talk with, though, they might measure some tricky rooms, but they're going to walk through an eyeball, right? They know the square That's footage of the home. Yeah. They're going to eyeball. There's no, Not a lot of painters I know are actually measuring for every bit. It's very, very rare right. to see. Okay. Um, so, but that's the case, right? We actually, of course, like we built Hoist. We've been working that for months and 
its entire pitch is that instead of driving to the house and gathering that job information, we have really great data and qualification tools to help you get that structured information. Room by mm -hmm. room, square footage, the ceiling heights, everything you need, you know, the linear, the volumetric, everything you need to actually price that job remotely. And we're really mm -hmm. confident in the way we gather that data. But you can do this without our tools, whether it's sure. Magic Plan or there's tons of other apps out there. If you just Google like how to get sizes of rooms, right? I would not recommend though, you push that on your homeowner, as you just said a second ago, right? right? You need to do everything you can. So I think really it comes down to is like using Zillow really smartly, Redfin, all the ones out there. And then even thinking about how that plugs in your estimate tool. Uh, the thing though, I don't wanna get overly complicated here because the initial inspiration in this is actually back in 2013 in the pest control company. Mm -hmm. And the main thing I did is we just made a price sheet for our right. base, we had this like, it was like a 16 by 16 grid, a piece of paper that sat right. by the phone for the phone staff. That right. piece of paper saved us thousands of hours <laughs> across right. all the crews. And it gained us, our close rates went way bad up and our margins went way up. It literally right. can be a piece of paper, remote sales. Use the phone right. the way you use it now, but think more strategically. Maybe it's about thinking about like, hey, you've got a couple small project packages in your brain that you can just quote out for small packages. Yeah. You yeah. can just quote those out, right? So it doesn't have to be all of these advanced algorithms and tools and data science, the stuff that we're doing, which is really cool. It doesn't have to be. I would encourage you, stop driving to bids that aren't going to close. Start doing a little bit of pre-work, doing some of this work, and you'll see how much efficiency you're gaining. And over time, like maybe there is a use for a really good tool that can give you that kind of structured data, build bids automatically, that kind of stuff. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I think I think even if, if all you had was... Um, just kind of a, a, a chart that had yeah. small, medium, large, extra, like a t-shirt size exactly. for rooms. If you started there, um, I, yeah, I think you could really, you, you, you get a lot fine. of lift. Yeah, yeah you, you would, you know, there, yeah. there's for maybe, jobs. yeah, for simple job, maybe, maybe you have to, you know, figure out something for repairs. Maybe, maybe repair work is, is a little bit different, but for your basic repaints, um, just kind of t-shirt size rooms, with a price, you're going to be fine. Yeah, I thought, yeah. Especially if you price, if, especially if you put enough money in it. Yeah, um, absolutely. It, it breaks apart if you're not charging enough. Then, yeah. then, you know, you're sweating bullets because you didn't, you know, there's not enough well, money in the job. And that's why I think it's important to think about the fundamentals of what's your sales process, what's your qualification, what's your estimation process? Are you using standards? Are you knowing what your markup is? And are you actually executing against that markup, right? right. So I think it's so important to start with those basics before you try to introduce doing more and more remote sales. But I think a little bit for everybody, you're going to see a lift so quickly on your efficiencies, better qualification up front, better information. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, th so I think that I'm feeling a little bit confident about this and, and, and I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll just share, I'll just share my process. Cause we talked about sales process. We talked about qualification. We'll talk about bid, uh, building bids. I'll, I'll share mine because it's, um, because it's a way that I've largely built that you could do for free, you know, like just no, but then, but then after that, I'm curious, about how it works in hoist. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like getting a little bit, you know, excited about it. So, so, so here's, here's what my sales process qualification process looks like. So the first thing that is going to happen, if it's an inbound lead, um, it's going to come through the website and my form has scheduling built right into it. And so it gets the, it gets the main information, name, number, email, address. Do they want a virtual versus a in-home bid? Um, and then it, you know, I always ask where they heard about us because you need that information. And then it goes straight to the calendar and they schedule it and it gets on my calendar. 
After that, I'll usually send them a text message. Um, if, if it's an in-home, I'll send them a text message. If it's virtual, um, I'll, you know, I'll reach out to them and try to get some information, pictures, video. And I'll even do that with the, with the in-home. Uh, with the in-home, I'll try to get some of that information. I do check the Zillow. I do check the Zillow to see what's there, right? Because it is a good idea. You have a good idea of what you're getting into. And if you can, you know, save some time by doing it from home, you're going to save time at the house. So, so then I show up to the bid and what I've been doing is I'll do, um, I'll do a video of, of everything. And of course I get the, the permission of the customer to do that, but I get video of everything. If it's a smaller project, I'll calculate everything right there on the spot. I've got a little, I've got two things that I use. I, I oscillate between them. I have a, I have a, uh, uh, just a spreadsheet, a templated spreadsheet that I made in Google, uh, you know, in, in Google uh, Sheets. And then I also will use Estimate Rocket. Um, but I'll, if, you know, depending on what it is, I'll put it together. And, and when I started doing this, by the way, I, I, the first thing I did is I created a PDF worksheet where I would just annotate it right on my, uh, right on my iPad and just show them handwriting. I was experimenting. I wanted to see how, how can I do this for like no money, you know, like no subscription, no, nothing, you know, just like straight up just a PDF. Right. So I started there and, and I closed jobs that way, like on the spot. It, it, it doesn't have to be complicated, but you know, doing the math is kind of annoying. So I, you know, wanted the spreadsheet or, or at least a, a software for it. So if it's small, I'll do the bid, I'll put the price together right there and we'll talk about options and I'll go through it and I'll try to get the close. I did that today. I, I sold a, I sold a $4,000 job today, right on the spot. Nice. Yep. Thank you. So, uh, I'm feeling good because the past couple of weeks before that were so slow. I was dying, but I'm like on a high right now. So I'm, I'm gloating. <laughs> it's not all, it's not all rainbows though. I mean, I was, I was like, oh my gosh, are we even going to do this? So anyways, um, close, you know, if I, if I can close it on the spot, I will. If it's a big job though, I like to take it back because it just ends up being a long time in the house. Right. Yeah. And, and if you know, you, you start running out of time and then the homeowner's like, Hey, or, uh, I got to go somewhere, you know, and, and it just starts getting uncomfortable, you know? So what I do, if it's a big one, I'll just take the video and that will give me every, all of the information that I need to know. And then I'll go back home, I'll put it together and then we'll set up a Google meet to review the proposal. I don't send uh, proposals without reviewing it with them mm. anymore. I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. I always set up a time. And, and I'll, I'll also tell you, John, that if I go to the house and only one of the decision makers is there, even if I could do the project, if I could just give them a price, um, if, if both decision makers aren't there, I will say, you know, what? I've got all the information that I need. Let's set up a time for you and your spouse to, to have a conversation about this. I'll send you a link. And we set up this, we set up the time right there. And, and then I deliver it uh, via video and, and people really like that. They, they really have shown to, to appreciate it. Um, especially in my market, I've done that in other markets with uh, some of my partnering contractors where we've done the video afterwards and people out West are a little bit different. They're like kind of apprehensive about that. So what I've, what I've started doing for, for those folks out there 
is instead of having a live video call, I'll record a video review of the proposal it's a great and send way to it, do it and send it Async that way. Video. Yeah, it's a great yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. And and that's the that I did that with that uh, 32k remote sale and it worked really well. Actually the the my partner out out in in the in the area, he went through and did the video. I put together the estimate. I did the video, sent it out and and it closed. So so that's my process beginning to end. I'm curious how this works in Hoist. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to share. It's cool to hear how much you're embracing good data, you know, getting on Zillow ahead of time, being prepared for the sale. Cause you're walking in, you can focus on the sale and building rapport. You don't have to think about measuring in that moment, right? Right. Which is really, really smart. It's cool that you're already leveraging video chat, right? On presenting those bids, asynchronous video. Like you're using a lot of tech, man. It's really great to see. Um, and it's all all of the tech is included in my Google right, your G uh, workspace account. Yeah. It's the G yeah. Suite. Keeping so it, it doesn't cheap, yeah. call, yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. So how it works on Hoist is the lead comes into Hoist. You can add it manually. We support all the major portals. So you can have leads come in from Angie's or Thumbtack or wherever. The second a lead hits Hoist, we do a ton of data augmentation. So we have data scientists on our team and engineers doing really leading world-class tech around how do we think about getting you as much information about these leads as possible. Once we do all that data augmentation, of course, basic stuff, the year the house was built, the square footage of the house was the last sold, basic stuff, but also mm -hmm. some more advanced stuff, right? We generate a project link that you can then share with your homeowner. So every lead that comes in has this unique project link. And mm -hmm. with that project link, you're able to step through a project in 90 seconds as a homeowner and give mm -hmm. the specific nuance of the job scope that's been pre-filled with all of that data about their home. So they go through, confirm your address, next step. We see it's a two bed, three bath, it's this many square foot. These are the rooms that we've got, is that right? These are about the sizes of the rooms we've got, is that right? They're just confirming mm -hmm. information. And they're okay. instantly thinking, wow, this company's dialed in. This is The system feels like it already understands. It's not asking me any stupid questions. It already knows a lot about me and my project, right? right? And it asks the other ones, of course, right? Are you doing a color change? Is there any damages we need to repair? We've worked really hard with a lot of painters over months to refine this question set to be as concise, but as thorough as possible. And that's the yeah. qualification. And that's what I mean by like every lead that comes in can run that process. And at the end of that process, so once that project link is completed, which we have really great engagement from homeowners. So you can just shoot that to new leads. You actually have pretty good engagement right there with just shooting the text message. But it's obviously best to have a sales process where you're calling those leads, educating them. Right, they're they're right, inbound. Right. You're in the truck, like we talked about, between jobs. It's like, hey, I'm going to shoot you a link right now. It's a project link. It kicks off a project together just to see if we're a fit together and allows me to understand your job scope, lets me get you a price quicker. So you know, let me shoot that over to you. But that, all of that data, so the data we augment and we bring to the table, all of our algorithms, plus the homeowner's answers, builds a bid instantly. So mm. for every single one of your projects, you have a bid. This is not shared with a homeowner. This is pending your review, but you've got bids ready to go. So all of your right. leads, you're not working leads, you're working bids. So not only for your own internal barometer is, if this, is this one worth driving? Should I schedule in person? But also to be able to share with your homeowner, right? So right. in the hoist workflow, you finalize that price and you can either do an in-home to present it and sell it, or you can record a quick video call to walk through that bid, which some of our owners do, or you can just shoot the bid over on a text message if it's a smaller job. It's right. So therefore, like working that lid bid and getting them a price took you a few clicks, a text message to get them to fill out the form. They filled it out. You got the notification in, you shoot off the bid after reviewing it, right? But we always keep the business owner in the loop. They're reviewing those bids before they send it just to double check their pricing, make sure they understand the job because 
we all know, although you might have a 40% markup, that might be for those zip codes. Those zip codes might have a 60% right. markup, right? Yeah, There's that kind yeah. of give and take between. But my job is to get you away from having to do the measurement, having to understand that job scope. And so often that's lost in this miscommunication, right? It's like, oh, did you yeah. want that paid or not? Oh, I didn't know you wanted the kitchen. It's like, this is what you filled out. Doesn't mean they're not going to be mistakes, miscommunications. There's going to be even an in-person, but it's really a clear, concise, single system that's data-driven that has zero windshield time and mm -hmm. zero data entry to produce a bid that's 90% of the way there for your homeowner that you can just click and send off. Or yeah. you can show up in-person look through, focus on sales and rapport building. By the time you're done with that job, you can just open it up and walk through that bid and email them, talk to them on site. Because the bid has been built automatically. That's great. Yeah. Why are yeah, we doing totally. math? We should yeah. be doing math for the volumetric surface areas. <laughs> Our app, you give us an address, we give you room by room square footage, the linear feet, the wall area, all those calculations. And then we also automatically apply all the PCA standards to all of that work to be done. So you, oh, yeah. you're toggling that job scope with that form. It's really dialed in. And that price is just dynamically updating automatically. Right yeah. on the back. So the quote, quotes, that whole quote process of measuring, and that, that's how it works fundamentally in Hoist. And of course, different painters have a little bit of a different sales process, whether or not they have anything in person, what percentage they're sending, what types of bids. Um, sure. And right now, we're working on exterior. That's all dialed in and working for interior. And we've got a lot of painters who are really winning on these interior bids this way. Amazing. That's cool. That's so cool. If, uh, if our listeners want to learn about Hoist, where we go? Yeah, with hoist.com. That's W I T H H O I S T.com. You can also email me, John, J O H N, at withhoist.com. I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, well, John, this has been a, a really awesome conversation. Um, any last words of wisdom to our listeners who are trying to improve their sales process or, um, you know, kind of get on the cutting edge here of this remote selling? revolution. Yeah, I think write down your sales process, make sure it's documented somewhere, have a sales process and to think about your qualification and how you can improve it, really raising that bar, making sure you aren't spending time on leads that aren't going to convert. I think those are the two final tips I would leave. Yeah. And and then and the last last last. What will our lives look like if we if we do this? Ooh. Honestly, it reminds me of this guy out in Colorado who just has this Zen life approach to work-life balance. He's just really hit that sweet spot in family life and business life. It's not that he's doing millions of dollars a year, but he's just got that right kind of sanity approach to his life. And I think that's what it is. It's feeling like you're in the driver's seat, feeling like you've got margin, that you're not running around like a chicken with your head cut off, putting two months of windshield time into jobs that don't close, right? That's what we want to avoid for people out there. You work too hard, your time is worth too much to be wasting times on bids that don't close. Awesome. Thank you, John. Thank you for being on Painted. Thanks so much. All right, there we have it, folks. John Jacob with Hoist. Uh, great episode. Great episode. Really interesting stuff. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for the prospects of 2024 and for uh, looking at our business from the standpoint of maximizing the offer to the customer. I think that's the key in all this. I think that when when technology is done wrong it ends up just being something that's convenient for you but it doesn't really service the customer well what i like about this conversation with this thought process of reducing um, the windshield time but also reducing the amount of time that 
the customer has to spend without a price, I think that's a win-win. You know, it it's serving the customer in that it's making it easier for them to find a price and to work with you. It's it's win for you because it's making it easier for you to do it. And that idea of reaching a zen-like approach to life where we're able to grow to the level that we want to i think that sometimes people grow more like bigger than they should because they don't have a handle on their business and so they think that growth would make things better because that makes more revenue and then revenue allows you to hire but that isn't always the case you you end up with with new problems so i i like this approach i like these thoughts of putting the customer first creating conveniences for everybody but also uh creating efficiency and 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 uh data-driven decisions i like it i like it all right um that's it for the show i appreciate you for listening i appreciate the pca for producing this do make sure that you become a member if you're not uh check out my book of course sprint on amazon and the youtube channel craftsman painter until next time my name is torlando and this has been paint ed Painted podcasts are produced by the Painted Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.